0: Good afternoon, everybody. Guru and the Wiz here, and we are continuing our team summaries for the upcoming 2020 football season. We uh, just finished up with the Cincinnati Bengals, and we're going to stay in the AFC North this time around, and we're moving on to the Cleveland Browns, who got rid of uh, who I quoted as being uh, a guy that belonged on a bass fishing boat as opposed to an NFL sideline. That's Freddie Kitchens, the... Horrendous job that he did last year on that team. So he's gone, and in comes, uh, I believe, the pen-educated, so a lot smarter guy, uh, Kevin Stefanski, who was uh, part of your Minnesota Viking offense the last few years. Wiz, how are you today, and what's shaking?
1: Pretty good, and I'm fired up to talk about the Cleveland Browns. I, I think Cleveland Browns have one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. I thought their existing roster was going was good going into this draft, and I feel they had a spectacular draft. So I'm fired up to talk about the Browns. Let's have at it. All right, superb,
0: superb. So. Um... You know, it, it's interesting. So Stefanski, as we said, comes in. And he's going to be the head coach. Alex Van Pelt will be the will be the offensive coordinator there. And you know, I would. You know, I went before we started this, and when I was doing my research, you know, I went back and I took a very close look at the kind of the packages that the, the, the Vikings have been running the last couple of years. And the the most interesting thing about that is the the Vikings certainly want to play, uh, certainly wanted to play. Uh, much less of an eleven personnel, which we really, really became you know the staple for a lot of teams in the NFL. But the Vikings didn't take that position. And when you look at this roster, there's a lot of good tight ends on the roster. We certainly know the the, the big names at the receiving position. I know we love the running backs here, and and, and two running backs who, who are very, very interesting. But we got to start at the top, and and you know Baker Mayfield, I think perhaps was a victim of all the disorganization on this roster. There was a lot of complications with the personalities here too. Baker Mayfield struggled under pressure many times, made a lot of bad decisions, a lot of bad throws. You know, after having a somewhat promising rookie year, he really took a step back last year. So, My personal view is I anticipate Baker Mayfield not having the same exuberance around the the player the way he did going into the 2019 season and maybe a player who you could get at a discount going into the 2020 season.
1: Well, what I think happened to Baker Mayfield is his rookie season, he ate some humble pie. He didn't get the starting nod over Tyrod Taylor. He wasn't talking. He wasn't saying anything. He got in there and he played very well. He, like, was a guy with a chip on his shoulder, the same guy at Oklahoma who just, you know, was out to prove people wrong, and he played well. And then the offseason happened, and then he started talking, and he started talking, and he started talking, commenting on this and that. He didn't keep his – he just couldn't keep his mouth shut, arguing with everybody about everything, commenting on other players, all of that stuff, and he came in and he, he, he was not good last year. He, he did not play well at all. He, he really regressed in a lot of things. Um, was their offensive line good last year? No, it wasn't good. But he, on plays that the offensive line held up, he didn't stick with the pocket. He abandoned the pocket too much. He tried to make a lot of spectacular plays. He didn't understand the concept of living the fight another day, uh, tried to make spectacular plays when they weren't there, abandoning the pocket, not understanding the pocket, not feeling the pocket, pocket pressure. And his footwork was terrible. He made some horrific throws. It was a combination of things. A lot of different coaches and coordinators in his short career so far. But now he has stability in there. I believe a much better coaching staff. I expect him to play better. But I also expect him to keep his mouth shut and just start playing football and um being being an important cog in that offense but not trying to do uh too much and playing within himself and i expect big things out of baker mayfield and the cleveland browns this year
0: so so do you agree with that statement that i made that that he will be a little under underlooked and underpriced uh, this year do you, do you uh, I,
1: I, yeah do you- i think i think you know to your point, I think he was valued too high going into last year, and now pe- people may be a little disgusted with him and valued a little bit low, um this year and i think where he falls is right in between the low expectations and the really high expectations he'll be he will be and he should be a good quarterback as long as he listens to the coaching staff keeps his mouth shut and plays within himself and he can he can definitely um, be, be the player that can lead that team to the playoffs in my mind for certain with that roster so I agree with you about from a fantasy football perspective I think there could be some value with Baker this year because I think a lot of people kind of disgusted with his act and uh, kind of disgusted by his poor performance last year
0: yeah, and I think I, I hope you don't think I'm being um, too repetitive here, but 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 like I said, I really wanted to. Lo- I, I really took a closer look at what the Minnesota offense was doing. Because I think this personnel on the Cleveland offense is, you know, if, if we look at Dalvin Cook versus Nick Chubb, if you look at Thielen and Diggs versus uh, Beckham uh, Beckham Jr. And, and Landry and what they have at receiver, and obviously they, they're pretty deep at tight end, and, and we know that your Vikings were playing with two tight ends. But there's a lot of parallels here, and the fact that they're playing, like I said, not in that 11 personnel a lot, two tight ends on the field a lot, Uh, But at the same time, the Minnesota offense was number six in the NFL last year in explosive plays down the field. That's plays over 20 yards. So so I have a lot of exuberance for this offense. And I think they're going to really be melded into that Kevin Stefanski mold very quickly.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I love Nick Chubb. I I love the player, Um, you know, he's a humble guy uh, along with his great ability amongst a bunch of me guys. And I I just hope that those me guys don't rub off on him because he, he's just a quality player and a humble guy. And I really think with a competent offense and a competent play calling and a running system and a scheme that fits Nick Chubb to a T, I really think Nick Chubb could, could, could do some great things this year. I have, um, really high expectations for Nick Chubb and I think Kareem Hunt um, is his own entity in terms of fantasy football and I think he's certainly a, a, a running back that will score some touchdowns and has standalone value unlike some of these other running backs who needs the first guy to miss some time or not play well Kareem Hunt on his own um, will, will have some value good value on his own what's your uh, view on those two guys
0: so uh, how can I say this as bluntly as possible? I think this is the best one-two running back combination in the NFL. Uh, and, and now you bring Kevin Stefanski in, uh, into this team. And, again, we're repeating uh, themes, but I think it's very important. So Nick Chubb led the NFL in yards after contact the last two years, his first two years in the league. Just Just an amazing player. I've seen a lot of comments by – People, you know, talking heads, you know, the Matthew Berry types and these guys that are on TikTok and NFL Network talking about Kareem Hunt, once Kareem Hunt started uh, playing for this team, that uh, it reduced Nick Chubb's production. I I think you really better take a look at that. Nick Chubb had 400-yard games playing alongside of Kareem Hunt, so... As you said, I think there's standalone value here. I can easily see a scenario once again where Nick Chubb is highly productive, you know, in the the 1300 to 1500 yard rushing category where he reels off another eight or 900 yard games, touches the ball 20 odd times a game and that includes a few catches. And then is backed up by a guy in Kareem Hunt who, you know, at times will be spread out like an Alvin Kamara type role at receiver. He caught 37 balls in this offense in eight games. I think he's a player that could, on his own, average 50, 60 yards a week um, in, in, in total yards and, and catch whatever, three to five balls. So I love this one-two tandem at running back.
1: You know, another thing that people have to consider when they're talking and thinking about where to drive Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt this year is, last year, because of the poor coaching staff, offensive line play, which has certainly been short up with draft picks, um, the defense, the mistakes, Baker Mayfield... They were playing from behind almost every single game. Do you know what kind of a difference it makes when you have a fantasy football running back on a team and the guy and the team that he's on is always playing from behind and not is in, and not is in a position to get those fourth-quarter carries to finish off a team? That's where Nick Chubb excels at, and he hasn't had a chance to do that. So if you talk about Baker playing better, the offensive line better playing, and a much better coach, staff, guess not what that is all going to lead to. That's going to lead to better success for the Browns, which is going to put them in position to be in front and leading most games, and that is where Nick Chubb is going to excel, getting fourth-quarter carries where he's so difficult to bring down with the yards after contact, and he's able to finish those runs and those games off, which he just hasn't been able to do the last two years. So when you talk about, well, how does a coaching staff or a quarterback, or not, how does that affect them? That's how. Because if you aren't running back, is trailing and they're throwing in the fourth quarter, that's where, when Nick Chubb, you know, he's not going to excel in those situations. They're bringing in other running backs. He's not getting 10, 12 carries in the fourth quarter. But when the Browns are doing better and they have leads going into the fourth quarter, that's the advantage of having a player like Nick Chubb on your fantasy team. So that's another thing to keep your eye on. The more success the Browns have, the more success you'll see from Chubb and Kareem Hunt.
0: Yep, yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. So, I, so I really, like I said, I'm in love with these running backs. Um, let's move on to the wide receiver position. I know uh, you have openly questioned Odell Beckham Jr. I, I couldn't take him as a Giant fan. I, I was very happy when they got rid of him. He has a big mouth. He 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 really doesn't. He, he talks like he's uh, Jerry Rice or Randy Moss, and and certainly doesn't produce anything like it Um, you know he was hurt in 2017 measly production then barely over a thousand yards the last two years a combined 10 touchdowns the last two years you know this guy if there's anybody that's overpriced in the fantasy world it's him now Stefanski certainly has uh, knowing he had a big mouth in, in Stefan Diggs in Minnesota he'll have some experience with that but this is the ultimate diva in terms of quarterbacks and I hate to come down hard on a player but look you know the, sh- the 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 shades don't match the curtains here. Uh, I don't think OBJ produces anything like a, a player that he should be for as much as he talks. Uh, I would say the opposite for a guy like Jarvis Landry, who is kind of a lunch pail guy coming off of some hip surgery. So that's something that we we want to watch there. Uh, you got Richard Higgins in the third spot. So you know I hope the change of scenery, ch- change of coaches helps all the players here. I think I think Landry will, will remain his consistent self. I want you to talk a little bit about Donovan Peoples-Jones, about the dimension that he could potentially add uh, in this
1: group as well. Yeah, so we'll start from Beckham. Um, I, I think if you, you know, talked and acted the way Beckham did and you played on the field like Julio Jones, I think maybe, you know, a team would say, ah, all right. We'll uh, you know will we'll, we'll kind of like look the other way, but when you catch the ball like Edward with hands and you're not the player on the field that you think you are and you're not the superstar and you're not making these great tough catches and you're not doing anything except being a detriment, then try and keep sh- you know your mouth shut. It's another one of these guys, him and Baker. I mean, if they if their play was as good as their talk, you know the the Browns would be going to the Super Bowl every year, but. He he's you know, I don't I, I mean, I think that as far as pure ability, he's still up there, uh, but he he's gotta show it to me on the field first before I put him in that first group of guys. Now, it could be another situation due to a different situation than, you know, A. J. Green where he, he hasn't been on the field and if Beckham's value falls where so many people are down on the player, then I think there's value there, but I, I wouldn't go out of my way and put him in a, in a snake draft, get him right up there with those other elite receivers, or in an auction draft, pay for, you know, the same amount of those elite receivers as well. I just think he, he just hasn't done it uh, to do that. Landry, as long as he's healthy he and stay on the field, he's going to be rock solid in a PPR league and as far as the third guy i, I really like donovan people jones from michigan I, I feel like the quarterback play of michigan really hampered him otherwise he would have been um much more highly thought of than, than than where he was drafted um i think he's going to remind cleveland brown fans of joshua cribs with his return game he is absolutely spectacular uh, down near the red zone, the way he tracks balls and the way he catches the fade pass, the way he can ta- catches contested balls. Donovan Peoples' zones is going to be uh, a factor in this upcoming season for the Browns. It's one of the many reasons why I love the Browns' roster this year. So if Odell Beckham can get his act together, uh, there is a lot to like, uh, even with the receiving core of the Cleveland Browns.
0: And, you know, when we're talking about the receiving core of, of the Browns, we, we certainly have to clue the tight end position here. And, you know, it's... Oh, they got your boy. That's your boy, Austin Hooper. So, but you look at it, they have Austin Hooper, who they brought in from, from, from Atlanta. They drafted a guy that I absolutely found fascinating, especially, uh, you know, I, to, I like to listen to Charlie Weiss' show uh, on the NFL uh, radio network on Sirius. And Charlie Weiss' son coached Harrison Bryant Charlie Weiss, who I think is one of the more accomplished offensive coordinators that we've seen in, in the modern NFL era. You know, he didn't do a great job when he was a head coach. But he, he saw every single one of Harrison Bryant's games. This guy came into this draft and said, this is the best tight end in the draft. He was a guy that didn't start out as a tight end. He did win the Mackey Award. He was at a smaller program. But I hear stuff like that. I listen. So the combination of that and then David Juku, who was drafted a few years ago, is still on this roster. So knowing what Stefanski was kind of doing last year with Rudolph uh, and Irv Smith, what do you anticipate this looking like from a fantasy perspective here in Cleveland?
1: Uh, I think was going to be the odd guy out, quite frankly. I'm um, not quite sure he's lived up to the you know, to, to expectations, if you will. I'm not, you know, um, I, I, you know, Austin Hooper is a good player. I mean, I, I I don't think he's going to put up the same numbers, uh, as he did with Matt Ryan. Um, he's certainly a red zone threat, but I don't envision him doing it. I, I, I love Harrison Bryant. I mean, I, I love the pick. Um, um, Lord Atlantic he 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 is really a really good Technician at, at tight end. Um, I think I think he's going to force Juker to be the the, the third guy, the odd man out, quite frankly. And I think you will see them play with two tight end sets uh, to really go at you know and try and run the ball like we had just mentioned uh, more. So I think those two tight ends are going to be factors. I know you know with, with Lander, I think Cooper probably would have been you know in that. 8 to 10 range at tight end. Um, I'm not quite sure where his value is, if he's even a tight end one coming into the season, but uh, I don't know. When you look at Hooper, let's look at him as the lead guy for this year. Do you put him as a tight end one? Would he be in a uh, snake draft? A One of the first tight, 12 tight ends you would draft?
0: So here's what I'm going to say about Austin Cooper, uh, Hooper. Austin Hooper benefited if we let's 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 look at this. Last year the Atlanta Falcons started out one and seven. They were behind in every single game. If you take a very close look at Austin Hooper's game lines, he was a huge beneficiary of that. Playing from behind in the dink and dunk, playing catch-up, great for fantasy. He was a huge beneficiary of that. I'm not. I'm not saying that the player is is a bad player in any way, shape, or form. But he was a beneficiary of the team being behind a lot and having to throw the ball in the fourth quarter. And Matt Ryan was just dink and dunk when teams were in prevent, you know, play, playing against Julio Jones and trying to prevent him from stopping it. And Austin Hooper was a beneficiary of that. I will not be drafting Austin Hooper in any league this year.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think the change of scenery certainly has not helped his fantasy value uh what about bryant is that a player that you know you would take a flyer on in a dynasty league uh you know is he a guy that if you're playing year to year at redraft league that you think in the second half could emerge and you would keep on your roster what's the view on on bryant
0: yeah so i don't i don't quite envision um you know kind of the. If we look at what Irv Smith did last year in the Minnesota offense and, and kind of like what a player like Dallas Goddard has done the last couple of years behind a guy like Zach Ertz, you know, maybe you're going to get that kind of production uh, from, from Bryant to start. But I'm extremely intrigued by the player's ability. And as I said, I, you know, when I hear Charlie Weiss glowingly talk about the player the way he has, from a Dynasty League perspective, you absolutely have to love it. Um, you know, he's a player that you're going to get for a dollar in an auction draft and, you know, at the very end of a draft. If, and maybe you want to draft a combo of Hooper and Bryant and, you know, with the, with the idea that, you know, you have the Cleveland tight end. That's something that some, some, some people may want to uh, utilize that strategy. But yeah, I like him as a dynasty prospect.
1: And uh, for those people that have been waiting for your viewpoint for the defensive special teams on the Cleveland Browns, I know you kind of like them. Uh, you know, obviously you don't want to start them when they're going up against Lamar Jackson, but uh, do you like the Cleveland Browns' defense special teams coming into the season? So they, I like the secondary. I don't like the
0: linebackers. Uh, you know, they got they have Olivier Virgin, they have Sheldon uh, Vernon, they have Sheldon Richardson, and there is some talk about. Jadeveon Clowney potentially being part of this defense, so I think that's something that you do want to watch for. Uh, if they can add him to this, I'm, I'm a little suspect on this on on this linebacking core. So I'd be very lukewarm on this defense overall uh, going into this year. Maybe my tune changes a little bit if you bring a player like Clowney in. Not that Clowney has done a hell of a lot, but he does demand a lot of attention and it could open o- open up opportunities for other players in a defense.
1: Oh, would you? Would you? You know, Cleveland is it? You know, would you draft? Would you have them in a, in a league where teams carry one defense mostly? Would you no. think they draft? No, know, draft worthy a top twelve defense, or they're not going to be for you this year. Not going
0: to be for me. They're 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 a uh, they're a bye week filler for me.
1: Okay, I, I think you got to check your league, you know, scoring. And if your league plays with a category where if your defense can grab the quarterback's helmet and bop him over the head with it for points, maybe you want to look into the Browns for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. Miles Garrett will be back, and he's playing. He's uh, he's been reinstated by the NFL, but you know he's a fine player. But it would be an interesting combination to see Garrett and Clowney playing together. But like I said, those rumors have been out there. But uh, Clowney doesn't seem like he's in any hurry to join anybody right now. And uh, as you mentioned, an unfortunate scene last year with uh, Mason Rudolph, and uh, let's hope we don't see any of that again. Yep. You got it. All right, uh, Wiz, so uh, what does that mean next? Uh, well, maybe we'll do that episode about the upcoming season and what we're thinking about, but uh, the next episode will be uh, a couple of D teams, the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos. Um, yep. That's it for this episode. Thanks everybody. Guru and Wiz talk fantasy football, iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. You can reach us on Guru and Wiz at gmail.com as well for any suggestions. Thanks, everybody, and thank you, Wiz.